Welcome to the Football Journey Podcast. This podcast is powered by A Football Journey. I am your host, Derek Ware, and I have somebody who is really special here, Sean Copeland. He is the man responsible for A Football Journey. Uh, Now, him and I, we wrote A Football Journey together, but it would not have taken place without him. Hey, welcome to the show, Sean. Hey, thanks for having me, Derek. Sean is also the head football coach at Kellis High School. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about both things today. We're going to talk about coaching in general. We're going to talk about uh, Kellis football, and we're going to talk. We're going to talk about a football journey. So just to start us off, uh, Sean, tell us w- w- why do you coach? Man, when I think about that question, I think about how the answer to that question has just evolved so much over my career. Um, I remember being a young guy coming right out of college, thinking, "Man, I just want to." be around kids and um, be around sports Um, growing up loving sports I know sports saved me and and you know when I look at today why do I do it Uh, the biggest thing I I want I want to see I want to see kids come to know Christ and I want them to see Jesus and everything that I'm doing uh, coaching on the field off the field how I act towards them how I act in the community and I just want that to be a representation of what uh, Jesus is or who Jesus is. And so that's my first and foremost reason why I coach. Uh, the second big reason is, is just to have an influence on these youth. Uh, sports saved me. It was the reason that I passed my classes. It was the reason I stayed out of trouble. And uh, just to be able to be involved in a youth life, um, to be able to use sports to change their lives is just, it, it's just incredible. And so, um, Definitely blessed with the heart that has a, uh, God has definitely blessed me with a heart for kids and and using sports to uh, bring glory to Him. Wow, that's crazy, and and that's man, that's true. And coaching with you, uh, it you, we coached together at McKinney High School for a long time. And one of the things that I learned from you, one of the things that's really special, is is that you know when you understand Christ's love for us this unconditional, no matter what type of love, it changes the way you coach. And uh, in the future, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a guest on the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, coaching, uh, you know, how coaching is a profession of love. Uh, we'll talk about that too. But uh, next, Sean, you know, there's something that, that kind of happened in your life growing up that kind of shaped you a little bit. It wasn't an easy road. Uh, and and kind of football and, and just sports was there for you in that. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yes. Uh, growing up, like most of our kids to do, uh, do today, you know, fatherless home uh, was definitely a reason why I gravitated to sports and the male role models that uh, of our coaches. And um, having a father not around, it, it, you know, it impacts us all. And you just, you're looking for, I'm, I'm, I'm a young, I'm a boy trying to become a man. Where are the men in my life? And especially the positive uh, male role models in my life. So you gravitate towards sports and, and you notice what your coaches do, how they treat people. And, and you just constantly, you want to live out what they're doing in life and you want to kind of um, follow them and their things that they put you through the hard work, the commitment and all the things that you're being taught that you don't get at home. And so, yeah, sports without that, I would not have an understanding of what commitment is. I wouldn't have an understanding of what hard work is. And I definitely wouldn't have an understanding of pushing through things that I never thought that I was capable of getting through without sports and coaches in my life. The other day I was thinking about this and I think it's pretty incredible is that what other profession 
is there where kids want to be around you, where they show up every day, not because they have to, but because they choose to, and listen to every word that you say, hang on your every word, care about uh, what advice you have to give them. And, you know, early on, I just thought, I'm just going to live a life uh, that is a good model. But uh, later, I realized that that's not enough, you know, and you and I were talking about it when we created a football journey, how just sitting there and just uh, just being that model, but not telling them how to how to get there is is pretty much a statue. It's like having a statue of of uh, some great figure, Martin Luther King, but then not really, you know, something to look up to, but not really understanding how exactly to get to a position to be looked up to. And so, you know, we created this a football journey with this idea of, hey, let's throw the ladder down to the kids behind us and let them know how to accomplish some of these great things. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the next question here, which is, uh, what is one of the most rewarding moments you've had as a coach? Wow. Uh, there's been so many. I, I know the biggest thing in it for a coach has to be when you see a kid overcome his environment. When you see a kid go beyond um, his home life and reach heights that society says you shouldn't be doing because you're growing up in this situation. Uh, the the young man that comes to my mind right now is the one that I have that's a freshman at college right now. His name is James Valentine. He was literally a six foot three, hundred and seventy pound basketball player in my math class his freshman year, had no interest in playing football. And I just made the comment to him, I said, Hey buddy, if you play football, you work hard, I promise you you'll be playing college football one day. And at this time, I had no inclination of what his home life is like. And so just finding, getting to know him, him deciding to come out and try football, was terrible as a sophomore, was just a little bit better as a junior, and then to, into his senior year where he's getting scholarship offers to play offensive line. It's just been incredible. And the whole time, he goes home to a family of four kids, three different dads, None of the dads involved in any of the kids' lives, uh, poor family, mom that loves him to death, loves her family, doing everything she can to provide for them, but just not the best situation. And just to sit here and go, man, he is starting as a true freshman playing college football this year. It's just an incredible uh, statement to him and the hard work and commitment that he put in to saying, I don't. I don't have to have this life. I don't have to turn out the way my dad did. I don't have to turn out the way my family did. I'm going to go and achieve more. And what's even more incredible, he's doing it across the country. He's not like right here at, by his home where he's still got all the connections. He took off, went by himself to Pennsylvania, and is, and is starting as a true freshman on the O-line for them. So, Wow, that's incredible. And, you know, I have a – you know, my story and your story are, are similar to those things where it's – you know, just this idea of I wouldn't be going to college. I wouldn't have gone to college if it wasn't for sports. It wasn't for football. And, and because of that, I was able to go to college and graduate with, with uh, you know, not very much in student loans because football paid for, for most of that stuff. And, and man, it's just been, it's been a really awesome journey, and, and it's awesome to give that to kids as well. Before we talk about a football journey, let, let me ask you this. Uh, in the last few years, Kellis High School has seen kind of a, a, a real big turnaround. Can you tell me, first of all, what, what kind of turnaround have you seen, and then what do you attribute that to? Uh, the biggest thing with 
Tillis football and the turnaround that we've had there to go from a program that was literally falling off the cliff. Um, even my first year there, we didn't win a football game. The biggest thing that was missing was commitment. And the whole reason I signed up to be a coach was to spend time with these kids. And so I had to win them over. We had to get them in the weight room. We had to get them out on the field. And that would allow me the opportunity to spend time with them. And so it was pretty much that process going through everything that you could possibly do and think of. And we went through two years before the kids finally started buying in to what we were trying to do. So not everything worked. We just kept trying and we kept we kept reiterating what we tried at the beginning and then we added something and we reiterated that and then added something else until we finally got them bought into coming. The biggest thing that we saw in the turnaround, I guess the moment of change for us is we decided to do our summer team camp at the beginning of the summer. And in Arizona, most teams do it at the end of the summer uh, to kick off the football season. Well, I knew with the talent that we had that we had to kick off our summer program and we had to have a really good summer because the spring was just absolutely terrible. And so at the team camp, we sat down and we talked to the players and we really laid out, this is what your coaching staff knows. Here's the things that we have done, the clinics we have attended, the championships we have won, the players we have coached. Here is your resume of your entire coaching staff. That's coaching you. Do you think we know what we're talking about? And at that moment, it's like a light bulb went off and phenomenal, phenomenal attendance during the summer. It just carried over into the fall. We went out and even though we went three and seven, there was four games we were winning in the second half or or tied in the second half that we could have won that we ended up losing. And I contributed that to just years of not knowing how to win, how to finish. And then we turned around and we carried that momentum into the spring off season and kids phenomenal attendance to that. And then it just carried over back again to the next summer. And then next thing you know, you have the best season in Kellis football history, region champs for the first time in Kellis history. And so just that commitment has been the biggest thing that has helped us get over that hump. The thing we're still trying to work on and improve is the hard work. We're getting them to show up now. Can we push through the hard times of work? And so, yeah, that's, that, that commitment level is just what's increased dramatically to help us with this turnaround. That's pretty crazy. And I think part of the reason why kids sometimes don't buy into it right away is because it's delayed gratification. It's, hey, you put the work in now and you're not going to notice a difference tomorrow, but months from now or maybe even years from now, you'll see an incredible improvement. And so those kids started working started putting that work in and it wasn't even then it wasn't an immediate turnaround, but, but later, uh, the, the, the next year after that, you saw an incredible, incredible results, uh, champions. And that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, do you have handy kind of the numbers that, that of your off season program and kind of the, the amount of kids that show up, just kind of put that in perspective. Yes, we had that first, uh, spring, we had roughly about 22% of our varsity football team work out 75% of the spring. So I'm sorry, half of the spring. So I, the thing I kept up with was half of the attendance. Are you showing up half the time? And we only had 22% of our next fall varsity football players uh, participate that. In the summer, when summer came around, we only had 41% uh, participate in half of the summer workouts. 
And we're constantly, we know deep down as coaches that half the summer is terrible. If you're only attending half the time, that's terrible. And so, but that just puts it in perspective of how few was actually committed. Going into the regional championship year, we had that spring, we were sitting at around 78% of our players attended uh, 50% or more of the workouts. And that summer even jumped to a more incredible number where we were hitting around 94% of our players attending half the summer workouts. And so just that big increase in commitment is what, what got us over the top. You know, what I really enjoyed that you did uh, is that, you know, you, you send out a, a weekly email to all the parents during the summer and, and, and uh, you put me on that little list. And so I was getting those emails too, just cause I, you know, I was curious and I want to know what you're doing and keep up with it. And it was cool just sitting there, see, you know, you saying, Hey, to the parents, uh, 58 out of 64 kids showed up this to every day this week, you know? And, and, and so the parents and the kids have got to be thinking, Hey, who are those six kids? that weren't there. There's only six that were absent. Where were they? And, uh, it makes it, you know, so often, sometimes you see this where it's, it's a summer workout and the kids come and they work out and they show up and then the coach sits them down and, and complains about the kids who aren't there. You know, Hey, Hey, you know, no one's here. Well, when, when a coach tells the kids, Hey, no one's here, what it makes it sound like is, Hey, everybody is missing. You know, and it almost encourages them to miss too, to be like everybody else, you know. But when you sit there and say, hey, look, everybody is here lifting weights. The whole team is here. Where are the six? You know, where are those guys? Uh, everybody else is here. Those kids realize, those six kids realize, hey, they're missing out. And, and those numbers, just to watch that skyrocket has been pretty incredible. And it, and it, and it just kind of shows, it just kind of puts it in perspective of, Hey, look, you put the work in, you pour your heart and soul into something, you're going to get something back. You're going to get a reward for that. And those kids did. They, they believed in you guys and, and the coaching staff. They committed. They put the work in. And they got something in return. And that's just a lesson for every single class right below them is, hey, look, if we want more than what those kids got, we got to put in more work than what they put in. And they already set the bar really high. Right. And that's something I want to applaud you for, Derek. Is that's something I learned for you is that positivity. You know, you're right. When I played, when I was in my early coaching, when I was watching older coaches, you're right. Coaches always set down kids and griped about the ones that weren't doing the things right. The kids that were there doing things right were getting griped out for the ones that weren't there and not doing things right. And so that was one of the things I loved about you and still do love about you is you're just your, your positivity and everything and always wanting to focus on the positive and, and um, not the negative. We want to fix the negative, but we want to focus on the positive and we always want to applaud those kids for doing the right thing. Yeah, it's, it's fun. That's why the, the kids want to show up because they want to have fun. And uh, if it's not fun, you know, if, if you're showing up to football and all you're doing is getting yelled at all day, uh, how long is that kid going to stick around? You know, where instead, if it's, you know, if the coaching comes from, hey, look, son, player, I love you. I want you to be successful. I want your dreams to come true. And I'm here to help you in that. Now, here's the coaching that you need to, the, here's the things that we need to fix in order for you to accomplish your dreams. The kids latch onto that. And it's not an adversarial hey, me versus you type relationship, or, hey, I'm going to force you to do the things that I want you to do so that I can be successful. But instead, it's, hey, I'm here to help you. I'm on your side, 
And here's what I know that you need to improve in order for you to accomplish your dreams. And then those kids all of a sudden put this incredible amount of work ethic in, you know, combine that with a growth mindset, you know, the kids, the coaches and all the kids understanding that it's a process of growth, of improvement. Uh, it's really something special, really, really cool to see. And so uh, now you had that big turnaround, all those kids started showing up and putting in the work. Now, what, what do you attribute that to? You know, what, what made those kids work so hard? I think the biggest thing early for me was to get me through those moments of where hardly no kids are showing up was focusing on the kids that do show up. And so, you know, we always talk about as, hey, kids, you need to get off the fence. And so when you first take over a program, especially a program that's not doing very well, you have kids that are on your side right away. They're excited. They're ready to buy in. And it's few. And then you have a ton of kids that are just sitting on the fence. And so it was, it was hard, but yet at the same time, it helped me. Uh, it was hard to focus on, like, just looking at the big picture of all the kids going, man, we are failing as coaches. We are failing at this. And I just stopped and I said, you know what? I'm going to focus on the kids that are on this side. I'm going to focus on how are they doing? How are they improving? How are they performing? And so I kept that focus. And then soon enough, it became a model. Like you said, over time, kids, the younger kids were seeing that like, wow, the kids that are going to Coach Copeland's workouts, the kids that are committed, they're the ones having success. Kids that didn't show up at all had playing time, but they were struggling and they weren't performing to the level of the kids that were showing up. And so, yeah, just uh, focusing on the kids that are there with you. Now, the good news is we're now at a point now where almost all of them are here with us. So we're seeing the, the benefits of that. Yeah, it's it's been awesome just hearing, you know, we talk on the phone uh, almost on a weekly basis. And it's been cool hearing the stories. You know, Arizona is different than, you know, we coached in Texas, McKinney High School in Texas. And and it's different. You don't have an athletic period uh, with every single one of your football players in it, you know, but you kind of worked out a way at the school where you have a lot of your kids in the period. Uh, and then and then football in Arizona is just seasonal. Right. And then and you don't it's not like you see those kids all year round. But but instead, you have to coax them into coming after school all year round during the summer, during the spring, putting all that work in because it's all after school stuff. It's not it's not during the period. and so. It's it's not forced participation, or it's not uh, mandatory. It's not like it's a class that hey, if you miss, you're gonna you're gonna fail that class. Instead, it's hey, uh, you gotta you gotta be motivated to really to really be here every day. Uh, now, uh, as we fi- as we finish talking about Kells football, which man, that has been incredible. Uh, you sent me something. What what were the what was the record of? of Kellis before uh, these last, these last couple of years that turn around. We, the three years before I got to Kellis, they were 10 and 20 um, in 30 football games. Didn't make the playoffs. And then my first year there, we went 0 and 10. And then my next year we went three and seven. And these past two seasons, we've been 16 and five. And so uh, we've made it to the playoffs. Um, and what's incredible, our five losses, three of them are to top 10 teams in the state. So they're, they're quality losses, I guess, if there's a such thing. And, um, and, and, and we pushed two of those teams to the limit. We got beat by a touchdown by two of those teams. And so to really just 
it's it's unbelievable to talk about to go from a program that had gone six years in a row without winning a homecoming game to go from a program that had in like four years had only won uh, three home games to just consistently building what you've been working for um, in these kids and these kids that are seeing the benefits of that has just been incredible. That's awesome. All right, now uh, let's transition in here to talk about a football journey. Now, uh, we were, I'm just going to tell a quick story, Sean. You and I were at McKinney High School, and uh, we'd kind of always talked back and forth about, man, what could, we got to do more for these kids. And we would see some, some things at McKinney where, you know, kids that we had coached uh, or kids that we had in class just would fail epically, just crash and burn, and, and look to, look at us like um, like they almost didn't see it coming. And you're thinking, man, you've been doing these behaviors for this long. You can't, you can't be surprised that this is the outcome, but they are surprised. And, and we, we realized that uh, those kids, the kids, they don't know what we thought they knew. You know, we thought that they understood uh, the basics of what's right and what's wrong and what, what is going to lead to success and what doesn't, and they don't. And when you look at the reason why, it's pretty obvious. The rap songs they listen to, or really all the music they listen to, not just rap songs, but all the music they listen to, the TV shows that they watch, uh, these things are, are sending this message of, uh, you know, treat women this way, hey, do, do, do drugs, uh, drink alcohol, go party. That's what, that's what living a positive life is, you know. It's, it's this whole YOLO mentality of just do just do whatever now and worry about it later. You only live once, so you might as well just live like hell and, and hope you can make it to heaven. And, uh, and, and when we sat down, to, we were driving in the truck back after a game, just being kind of brokenhearted after you know, a kid had kind of uh, made some poor choices. And you were just like, man, I wish that we could just write down a bunch of conversations of, or just write down some, some evidence and some reasoning and some, uh, you know, some facts for these kids so that they can be successful in the future, so they can identify what's coming up next and not be surprised by uh, the, the next, uh, you know, not be surprised by what's coming around the corner, but, but instead to have ammo for that. And so we sat down and we spent months, years uh, working on this project and trying with our own kids and, and uh, just instilling character in them. Uh, what, what do you kind of recall from those moments, Sean? I remember us coaching a team that was not successful at our middle schools and they fed into us. And here's these group of kids, 77 of them. I remember like it's yesterday, 77 kids that feed into us that haven't experienced any scoreboard success. And so, like you were saying, you know, you as a coach, you're, man, I'm, I'm ready to love on these kids. I'm ready to coach them in the X's and O's. I'm, I'm willing to teach them about anything that they want to know. And so you do that. You go out there, you coach them, you love on them, and you teach them everything that they want to know. The problem is they, they don't ask much. And so there's a lot of conversations you don't have that you need to be having with these kids. And we just kind of look at it as, man, we're, we're working them hard. We're, we're teaching them the game of football. We're loving on them. Uh, we're asking them how their day is, what, how are things at home? We're, we're doing all these things. And then you roll around to spring football. The kids win. The kids are successful. They finish second in district after 
barely winning any games as a middle school kids. So they've had the scoreboard success. You've loved on them. You've got them to work hard. So everything looks like it's building up for their sophomore year. And then 48 of them show up for spring football. And you're just like, man, what, what, what things do I wish I would have told these kids? Like, why are they giving up on the thing that I think is the most awesome, one of the most awesome things that I've ever done in my life, and that was play four years of high school football? Why are they willing to walk away from this? What more can we be doing as coaches? What conversations can we be having as coaches? And then to turn around that next fall take in a very similar group. Uh, this time there was only 63 kids and then do the 13 lessons that you Derek wrote and that I wrote and do that with our kids with no other intentions of just saying, Hey, we want to give you the advice that you need to have to move forward into your sophomore year. And so to teach these 63 kids to go out, we went five and five. We had less scoreboard success than we had had the previous year, but we went five and five. We turn around the spring football rolls around and 61 of those 63 kids are back out ready to go at it and prepare for their sophomore year. And to me that, that just, Hey, we can't just be doing this for our kids. We can't be just doing it for the freshmen. We got to be doing it for sophomores, juniors and seniors. And man, what an impact we might be able to have on a whole country doing a football journey. And so that's where, uh, when I look back at those moments, just being able to share stories with kids that you never in a million years a kid would ask you, you would never in a million years talk to a kid about unless some kid personally went through that situation with you. But to address everything from what happens on the football field to in the community to what's happening at home to what might just be going on through their head, that's what a football journey has allowed uh, for us to do as coaches is to have those conversations. Yeah, I really enjoy those conversations. And, and it's totally true. This whole idea of, you know, a kid's not going to come up to you, not going to come up to us and say, hey, uh, coach, how, how do I take uh, homecoming's coming up? Tell me how I should take a girl on a date. They're not going to ask those questions. But there is a lesson in a football journey that deals with that. And so when that, when that time comes up, it's, hey, kids, understand this. Here's how you take a girl on a date. Uh, take your earbuds out. When you pick her up, go knock on the door and introduce yourself to the parents. You know, all these levels and steps that they wouldn't have, that they wouldn't have heard before, uh, they're getting it. You know, hey, coach, you know, no kid is going to come and say, hey, coach, my dad's not really at home. Um, and I really struggle with that. Can you give me advice on that? They're not going to say that, but there's a lesson in a football journey where you can address it with each of the kids, you know, and I love going over that and, and just telling that story of, you know, hey, look, uh, when I was growing up, my dad wasn't always there, but I, I ended up uh, having other people in my life that really made an impact on me, you know, and, and that my teammates became my brothers and my coaches became my family and, and, that, and that, my, that team became a close-knit group. And, and that that's where I found some of that satisfaction and joy and the beauty of that. So it's kind of a cool uh, lesson. It's kind of, it's cool to give those kids those lessons because yeah, you're right. They're not going to ask. They're not going to look for those things, but that doesn't mean that they don't need it. That doesn't mean that they don't want to hear those things. And I love that moment every year. And I'm sure you see this too, where you break out the books and you say, Hey, this is for you because I don't just care about you as a, uh, as a football player. Uh, your value to me isn't just in how many touchdowns you can score, but your value to me is in who you are as a person and how successful you're going to be in the future. And so I want to, I give you this because I care about you. 
and I want to invest in you and in your life. And those kids, you know, take that moment and they understand, hey, coach isn't just about, he doesn't just say, hey, I love you guys, but he actually means it. And that's always a cool time of year for me is, is that when we hand those books out the very first time, those are football journey manuals. Uh, now, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, what, well, what, what kind of experience have you had doing a football journey with the kids? It's been, it's been incredible. I, you know, you think about, you sit there after a game and just, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, what, you know, what changes, you know, at first when a coach thinks of a football journey, they're like, what changes I'm going to see on the field. And it's cool just to see kids running around the field, chanting something that they just talked about that day in a football journey and how like if we're covering a lesson on adversity and they're out there and they overcame a moment where they were down, uh, those moments have been cool. Uh, the kid, the, the conversations that always open up from telling the stories in the books has just been incredible. Things kids are willing to ask because you've guided them. The books have guided them into a situation where it opens up that conversation. And so just to see players becoming young, young boys or young men becoming men has just been an incredible journey. And I've got to do it for four years now with my program. So our, this senior class is walking away after being four years uh, changed. And yes, does every kid totally uh, change? No, it's a, it's always a work in progress progress. You're still battling the home life. You're still battling the things that are going on outside of, of your control, but the kid now knows. And the kid now knows how to respond and to see those responses when a kid comes back and it's like, man, I coach, I'm thinking about leaving my home. Uh, this is going on between me and my parents. And you're just, you're able to reflect on a story that you've covered with them through a football journey. And, and remember this, remember when it said this and how you're supposed to respond to this situation. And the player's like, yes, I've heard this before. You're right. I'm recalling this now. Okay. And the kid goes home. And and things change there at home, and so yeah, that's just been just been incredible. Yeah, it gives you a common language uh, to share, you know, to where when that kid comes in and says, "Well, coach, I'm late because my mom didn't wake me up." It's like, no, 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 no. We've covered this. We've all the whole team. We've all talked about responsibility, and that is not your mom's responsibility. And so when they come, the best part is when they come in and say something, and then the other kids correct them. The other kids are like, no, man, that's not, we just talked about this, man. Were you not, you know? And the kid's like, yeah, you, you did tell me. And the other cool thing is, is so often uh, giving these kids advice and character and investing in them and, and maybe not seeing, you know, you, you, I've seen incredible results. But uh, the cool thing is that kid that you think, man, I don't get why I'm not seeing that same results with this one kid. And then, and then you realize he comes back to you years later and says, hey, coach, man, thank you for giving me that stuff. You know, I didn't understand it at the time, but now I know that, that you are right, you know, because uh, that advice, sometimes it's like a little time bomb and it doesn't go off immediately. But as the kid learns and grows and sees the scenarios and starts to uh, gain in experience and in wisdom, understands, okay, that's what Coach Ware was talking about. That's what Coach Copeland was talking about. All right, now I understand. And then he can, he can make those good choices. 
the other thing that I like about it is that regardless of the outcome on Friday night, regardless of that, like, you know, on my phone, on the very top of my home screen, I have my goal and uh, for every day. And it is, it is to further God's kingdom and to model his love. And, and a football journey helps me in that goal. And so regardless of the outcome of a game on Friday, I know hey, I, I'm taking steps towards that goal with these kids. You know, uh, yeah, we may have won by a million or we may have lost, but uh, either way, those kids are going to be better people. They're being invested in. Uh, and their their character is being built, and they're growing in their wisdom and knowledge, and and that's a good that's a cool goal for me to have. And I know, you know, there's a book that I read, and it talks about how uh, losers have goals, but winners have a system to reach their goals. You know, it's easy to set a goal and say, okay, I want to be I want to be state champions, and I want to have uh, every one of my kids graduate, and I want to have every one of my kids be successful in the world. Uh, and, and, and goals are good, uh, but if you don't have a system that you do on a daily basis to accomplish that goal, uh, that goal is not going to happen. And so it's like, hey, one of my goals, you know, one of all of our goals as coaches should be for our kids to, to graduate and to go out into the world to be successful. And uh, I know that uh, we are taking steps on a weekly basis towards that goal because uh, there's a system in place for that. Now, uh, Sean, what is what is one of your favorite uh, football journey lessons? There's actually many uh, that I've that I think are so impactful over the years, and it's it's hard to pinpoint, uh, pinpoint just one. But if I, if I had to choose one, it's got to be the Volume One Manual Team versus You, and this is why. When I do my parent meeting at the beginning of the football season, I stand up in front of all the parents and I tell them right away that I'm going to love their son, um, a daughter in some cases. We, we've had three girls play football in my time at Kellis. And so um, um, I'm going to love your player. But at the end of the day, I love the team more. And so kids today are growing up in this world of me, 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 me. It's all about you, pursuit of money, you, your pursuit of your success, pursuit for you, 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 you. And the team concept has kind of gone out the window um, compared to what it was, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And so to stand there and tell players every day, look, I love you and I want to help you accomplish everything that you want to accomplish. But at the end of the day, I love the team more. So the decisions we make, the procedures we put in place, is for the betterment of the team. I'm inheriting 150 sons. You parents have the one son to worry about. So, yes, be your son's biggest fan. Uh, cheer on your son. Uh, push him to be his best. At the end of the day, you want what's best for your son. I want what's best for the entire team. And so that lesson just teaches uh, and reckon, makes a player recognize that, hey, it's not, it's not just about me. It's, it's about something greater than me. And that's something for the kid to buy into because he doesn't have that anywhere else. Everything else is about him. Everything around him has been made about him. And then he joins this football program, this sport, and it's all of a sudden, man, it's, it's not only about me. It's about this team, this concept of team. And it just it draws them in because it's something different and it's something that's attractive and it's something that 
they want to be a part of. And so just seeing the impact that team versus you has, um, it's just been incredible. Yeah, that is a good lesson. And I like, I like in there, you know, there's a part in there uh, where it talks about how great athletes, Dirk Nowitzki and Wayne Gretzky and Tom Brady, these are all guys who have something in common. Uh, same with Tim Duncan. They've won championships, but they also have taken big pay cuts to help their team. They're individuals who've gotten paid millions of dollars less so that they can do what's best for the team. And that is something that really resonates with, with me as a coach, but hopefully resonates with those players, this understanding of, hey, look, it's not about getting all you can. It's about doing all you can for the team and making them better. And, and that's, one of the, the little, that's one of the little nuggets in that lesson that I really appreciate the most. Now, uh, what else do you do? That, that teaches character, you know, you, you got to, you, you do more than just a football journey. Tell me about that. I, I, I stole this from Peyton Manning. I know when Peyton Manning retired, you know, one of the things that he did that was so impressive was he wrote people letters, uh, just acknowledging their impact on his life and thanking them for, you know, the career he had wouldn't have been possible for them and the impact that they had on his career and things like that. And then it just made me stop and think, you know, what is something that we can do within our football program along the same route? And so we write letters throughout the football season, and those letters will be written. We'll have a teacher appreciation game where our football players deliver their away jersey to their favorite teacher that they've had in high school, and they invite that teacher to the game. And then it's on top of, I've also written you a letter. And it's a letter telling them, and it's guided totally by me. It's like this paragraph, you're going to write something along these lines as far as I'm not telling them what to say. I'm telling them what to think about when they're writing that paragraph. And just to see the maturity come out in that letter, just to see kids actually get a signature from these letters has been incredible. Um, to you know, Kids going from printing their name, seniors printing their name to actually I have a signature now uh, because I've written these letters, but that is something that has just been so rewarding to our players. Uh, that's something that they'll remind me of, like who are we writing a letter to next? And so we go through, there's about 13 things that we letters that we write from writing to teachers uh, to as serious as writing me a letter because they have chosen to be out drinking one night, get in their car and drive. And as horrible as it sounds, and you should see their faces when I have them write this letter, but write an apology letter to Coach Copeland because you were just in an accident that killed Coach Copeland's daughter. And, and of course, just there, I mean, I've seen kids come to tears in that moment because they're thinking about that. Like, they know Faith. They know my daughter. They see her around. And it's like, man, this one stupid decision I've made could cost someone's life. And to think of it in that perspective of uh, being Coach Copeland's daughter and them having to write that apology letter has just brought it to um, a whole new level for them of thinking about those things. And so those those letters we write um, has just been incredible and um, and awesome to see the kids' uh, mature maturity come out in those letters. That's pretty crazy. Wow. Uh, just, uh, you know, it's one thing to tell them, hey, if you go out and you drink and you drive, you could have really hurt somebody. And it would make you feel bad, and it would make them feel bad, and it cause all this pain. You know, and the kid's like, yeah, 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 okay, I understand. But to sit there and say, hey, look, let's pretend that let's let's pretend for a moment 
that you've made this choice and that this has been the result and now you've got to live with that what what do you you know what what do you say what do you think and how do you believe and and for them to actually have to step into those shoes for a few minutes while they write that letter uh can be can be pretty I mean, it's got to be pretty impactful. It's not just something that they that brushes over, but something that they really have to internalize and uh, and go from there. That's pretty incredible. So they write thirteen letters, uh, one every week, I guess. And then tell me about what the other things they write to. Well, we'll have them. They start off the year writing a letter to their team, um, and it's 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 either it's pronouncing to them like, "Hey, I've I've." Guys, I'm ready to go. I've been putting in this work. I'm ready to go. Or it could be an apology to the team. Like, sorry, I missed summer workout. Sorry, I wasn't here. And it's kind of a humbling moment for them, you know, to recognize. And so they write this letter to the team. They write a letter to their position coach. They all write a letter to Coach Copeland. Uh, they write a letter to seniors, write a letter to their mom. I do this uh, big uh, senior mom, uh, senior player mom breakfast with all the players, and they present their moms with a letter uh, thanking them. Um, other players in the program write it to their parents. And, um, yeah, the list, we, we, we even have them write a letter to the next year freshman that wears their football number. So the next freshman, or I'm sorry, the next player that wears their football number when they're varsity players, I will give that letter to them. So the current number seven on our varsity football team would write a letter, not only talking about himself, but he would talk about the previous guy that wore number seven, if he knows who that person is and his stats and what he did. And then here's me, the new number, or here's me, the current number seven, writing to you advice. You're the future number seven. And so just that letter um, has been awesome to see. And then um, what kind of advice yeah, do they give? They give advice as far as, you know, I've read stuff as, as much as like, it's worth it. You know, like all the hard work, all the things that coach Copeland asked you to do, it's worth it. It, it, it pays off. Um, I've seen, and, and like I said, we're not, I, I'm just pretty much telling the kids, write a paragraph about advice you would love to give them and and the other things that they you know all of them talk about work hard you um, i wish i could do it again so this is your time uh to take advantage of this moment represent numbers seven well and um those are some things that they give advice on awesome okay so uh Tell me, tell me about the other the other letters real quick. So you, you I kind of cut you off for a second. Tell me what other letters do they do? Um, they'll well, we got more than the ones I've already mentioned. Or yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we have them write a letter to the middle school, uh, the elementary favorite teacher. Uh, we have four feeder schools that feed into Kellis, and so we'll have them write a letter to their elementary school favorite teacher or staff. We have them write a letter, uh, staff appreciation. Um, we'll have them write a letter to a principal, uh, staff member on campus other than a teacher, uh, janitor, things like that. We will see. I'm trying to think of some. I think I've covered about seven or eight. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And it, it, it has a lot of benefits. This benefit of the players uh, internalizing um, thankfulness. And that it, that their success isn't just them, but it's a a large number of people, and also advice. You know, it's got to be cool to for that freshman to get that advice of, hey, look, 
stick with it, put the work in, it's worth it. That's that's pretty cool. And then also, it's huge for program promotion in the sense of the 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 admin, the teachers, the elementary school. All these people are looking up and saying, "Oh wow, uh, I need to go to that game. I need to go watch this person play. I need to, you know, oh yeah, I remember having Ricky in class. Um, I need to check on him." And and it just builds that a sense of community that hey we're all we're all in this together that's pretty cool that that you guys do that and that you've done that and man it's been awesome getting to talk to you Sean and and share these things and you know i just remember you know we kind of mentioned hey let's let's write this curriculum and and hopefully help you know we can help our kids and, and make our kids better and i remember being like yeah 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 we can do that sure and then you really pushing it and being like, all right, man, let's do it. Okay. And, and making a schedule and, and, Hey, we got to have this done by this date. You know, you got to have this done. You got to have that part done. I remember going to your house and sitting at that kitchen table, you know, till, till one, you know, in the morning and just, and just working. And those were really, those were really fun times. Uh, just, uh, just the idea of, you know, hey, this could this could become something that helps people, that can help our kids and make our kids better, and 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 help them grow. And it's been it's been pretty neat uh, to to do that. And then also, I remember, you know, us, uh, you know, getting to go and travel around and talk to some of the you know some of the great coaches in Texas. You know, we went out to East Texas and and spoke to a bunch of really good coaches. Went out to to the Metroplex and talk to the really great coaches around there. And, and I remember going and talking to Steve Lineweaver and awesome guy. And he's won state championships at two different schools and has been really successful. And when we sat down, we just wanted to talk about character and just kind of pick his brain a little bit. And, and I remember the second we mentioned character, he just kind of held up one finger on his left hand. And then he took his right hand and dug underneath his desk and pulled out this big binder with papers falling all over the place. It just, the front of it just said, what really matters? And I think about that often, you know, what really matters? And, and, and those papers and, and the, the character that he teaches his kids. And, and, you know, that one of the common themes that we saw among all the coaches was just that, you know, these great coaches, these coaches have won state championships and done these awesome things. Uh, don't just, you know, and I think part of just winning a lot, you start to understand, hey, there's more to it than that. You know, uh, what is uh, Greg Popovich says, you know, you've got to derive satisfaction from something more than just watching the basket, the basketball go in the basket. And, you know, and he says, you know, he does that through the relationships that he builds with his players. And, and I think, you know, those world-class coaches uh, do that as well. I remember those moments too, of sitting down with those coaches around uh, the Metroplex and in East Texas. And you're you're absolutely right. You know, I always say this: when a character, a coach that cares about character, hears about a football journey, they get it. They they don't they they don't hesitate. They might have a question on cost, and I have a question on how quick can I get it, but they're getting it. And so um, I think all of those coaches. We have that at the forefront of what we really want to do. We're just sometimes 
things getting in the way. We feel like there's just too much in the schedule already for me to incorporate something like a football journey. And so seeing coaches that are winning championships, that are maxed out, they're, they're spending 16 weeks playing football instead of 10 and going home. Those guys that are playing for those championships, they are investing time into their players with character was, was a real awesome experience for me as well. Well, Sean, thanks for coming on the Football Journey podcast. It has been incredible having you, and we'll we'll have you back again, of, of course. And and I'm excited to watch what Kellis does in the future. It's it's been something building there for a long time. It's been it's been really special, and those kids are are you know getting the reap the benefits of the work that they put in, and and that's really uh, that's really awesome to watch and see. Well, Derek, uh, you know, I love you, man, and uh, very, very proud of you, and um, just I've learned so much from you, and, and the number one thing is just just the positivity that you always bring to the forefront, 